Leafs fall to the Bruins in OT, but pick up the pity point to lock in home ice advantage for round one. Let's get into it all on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the April 7th edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. It's your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's Dave Morissuti, my pal from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, also up on YouTube as well, it's Lockdown Leafs. Hit subscribe. we got new content coming out to you guys each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time, guys, and the playoffs are ramping up very quickly. We're down to four games to go in the regular season. Toronto losing tonight, however, 2-1 to one in overtime against uh, the Boston Bruins, who are one win away from tying the all-time single-season wins record that uh, – the Lightning tied actually a few years back and that the Red Wings were able to do in the 90s, uh, which is pretty ridiculous if you really if you think about it, uh, the, the pace that this Bruins team is on. And for Toronto to take them to OT, and, and, and I would even argue outside of the first, you know, six, seven minutes of that hockey game, which has been the case over the last little bit, Dave, they may have been the better team in tonight's matchup. Yeah, I, I thought so. I thought the Leafs did a good job carrying play, you know, establishing a lot of ozone time, right? And mm-hmm. I thought that was that's key against the Boston Bruins. Force them to defend. I know the Bruins aren't going to give you much uh in the in the offensive zone, but you gotta do what you can to try to keep yourself um out of out, you know, make sure that those Bruins players aren't gonna get those opportunities in the offensive zone. That's why I thought the Leafs did well in this game. Unfortunately, when they were in the Bruins zone, they just could not generate that much in terms of like quality scoring chance. I, like they, that's something the Leafs have struggled with at times against teams like Boston. They can get in the zone. It's just they're not able to get through, you know, the, all the bodies that these teams like to put in front of the net and get those chances in on goal. Yeah, like I, I, I thought that the, the Leafs really did. Um, they, they did play well and it was kind of, just a group effort. Like there, there was, they have four lines that really were rolling. They had the deep pairs, which I thought all played pretty well tonight. Um, you know, a couple of, couple of leaky errors, I guess you could say throughout the game, but for the most part played really well. They limited Boston at five on five to just nine high danger chances, which like Boston's a, a dangerous team. And for you to limit them to single digit, you know, high danger chances is, is definitely a really good sign that you played a good, well-connected team defensive game and um you know the, the Leafs got to get comfortable playing these tight hockey games right like this is the way that you win games in the playoffs these are very tight games come uh, come April and it's it's nice to see that the process is there and you know a bounce here or there and they could win that hockey game um realistically I think if like if Brandon Carlo was a, a regular size human being he doesn't keep that puck in from Shen, who chipped it off the boards, like this dude launched himself a foot in the air, and he was already—he's like six foot six. This guy, 
And he, if, if he was like our height or normal height, 5'10", 5'11", like that's an extra that's six less inches he has to reach and grab that puck to bring it down. That tying goal doesn't even happen. And next thing you know, potentially you got a, a shutout for the Maple Leafs. So it was, you know, a couple bad bounces. Um, either way, a, a big-time victory. A couple things that I pull – or a loss, rather, sorry, but a, a good performance. But a couple things that I did pull out of tonight's game that are positive. Um, one, I thought Ryan O'Reilly looked pretty good in his return uh, return to play. It didn't look like he was hampered by uh, that broken finger. You know, he was, he was hard on pucks. He was winning puck battles. You know, I, I think that is very encouraging to see. That, um, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to take him a long time to get up to speed. So that's one thing that I did glean from the game. But I think I want to dub tonight's game the Sam Lafferty game. Are you with me on that, Dave? Yes, I am with you on that. I think Sam Lafferty has found his role. He has found exactly what he needs to do for this team. And I know he got picked on. I don't know if you saw the video that was posted the other day about Sam Lafferty when he had his helmet knocked off in the Blue Jackets game and people forget tend to forget that Sam Lafferty is bald. Yeah. And somebody tried to make a meme out of that. It upset me as somebody who is hair challenged, let's just say. Oh, are you? I, I didn't I didn't I didn't realize Dave. Uh, uh, I missed because I'm blinding you. <laughs> That's it. The big uh shiny part up top blinded I couldn't see. My bad. I, I just think that he is found like people were like saying some people were saying ah, i hadn't really noticed much from this guy don't know if he's really done much since he's come here well he hasn't really played in a regular role since coming to toronto he's been the guy that's been moved up and down when the leafs have gone 11 and 7 it's him rotating him and some other guy rotating with the you know the whatever player has to play extra minutes so it's nice to see that that fourth line right there if that's the way that fourth line is going to play, even if they don't put in goal, like put on, put, you know, score, that fourth line is going to be is going to do some damage in the playoffs. Dude, I like that fourth line a lot, man. Honestly, I'm 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 hoping that they stick together with those three guys, Zach Aston, Reese, Camp, and Lafferty, because I think it's twofold. Like one, they have the pace that they can really outskate most fourth lines, and especially if you look at. Tampa Bay, like they're going to outskate Tampa Bay. So they'll be able to play with pace, but they also have the size to be able to withstand, you know, bigger guys like the dudes on the lightning and like the guys on Boston. We saw it tonight, but they also are not liabilities defensively. Like they're incredibly reliable defensively. So even if they get caught out uh, against better players, I mean, they can be relied upon to, to, to play defense. Right. And I think that's, that's a really good thing to have if you're the Maple Leafs. And, you know, I look at the way that tonight's lineup was built, and I think it's it's about 98% there for what I want to see come playoff time. The only switch I want to see is I want to see Willie go on Matthew's line and then pick one of Bunting or Yarncrock and throw them on that second line. Um, if you do that, I think everything else that we saw tonight is perfect and probably what I would do round one, uh, game one of the playoffs here because – I thought that everyone kind of looked like they were starting to gel here uh, tonight. First, second, third, fourth line. I uh, thought that they all looked pretty good. Yeah, I know. I I do too. And I I think if if I'm gonna nitpick at this game, like I wanted to see more from William Nylander. Usually, Nylander plays well in Boston against the Bruins. Yeah. 
And I don't know what it is with Willie the last uh, little bit. He just seems out of sorts. He is, and that's why I'm saying like they're 98% there. You put Willie up with Austin, and I think that 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 is a much better partner for him than than Mitch Marner. Um, yesterday in practice, I was listening to Sheldon Keep speak, and he mentioned how you know the way that he's looking at these lines is um, he pretty much has pairs right now. And then there's some other guys who can kind of slide around. So I think he's looking, and, and Marner and Tavares are a pair. I'm guessing he sees Callie Yarncroft and Matthews as a pair. Um, and obviously, Zach Aston Reese. I think he now looks at that as a trio. But he spoke glowingly about Aston Reese and Camp finding a lot of chemistry recently and sees that as a pair. And then it's kind of just filling in who those other guys kind of go with those pairs. And I, I think that uh, I could see Willie making his way up there to go with Yarncroft and and, um, and Matthews, and that probably would be the most optimal lineup, in, in my opinion. Um, the other thing that uh, I think I take from tonight's game, Dave, is another good start on the road for Ilya Samsonov. That's a couple now in a row where he's gone out on the road and he's performed extremely well got the shutout in ottawa and then came back with a i mean only allowed one goal through regulation needed extra time to get a second goal past him but when you only allowed two goals to the boston bruins and look the first six seven minutes of that hockey game it was all boston he's the one who had to stand on his head to make some big stops to make sure that they didn't take that early lead and uh you know he allowed toronto to stay in it until they got their legs under him so I think that was a really encouraging performance for him, which will probably be like his last big game. I think he's got one more game to go, and it'll probably be the one in Florida if I had to pick. Um, and then that's it. I would give Joseph Wall the, the rest of the starts, um, especially now that home ice is officially locked up, um, which we can get to in, uh, in a little bit once we finish breaking down this game. But that was something else that was, that was really encouraging to me with Samsonov's uh, road start tonight. Yeah, I mean, he didn't face a lot of shots, you know, relatively speaking. Like, I think uh, at, for the concerning this game went to overtime and the Bruins having those power plays later in the game. Like, I thought this was a good night for him because he didn't see a high volume of chances. I, I mean, I really liked him in overtime where I think it was the brusque that was left alone in front and he just stoned him completely. Um, like that's, that's what you want to see from him. he's, he's so good at those chances in the slot. They showed on the broadcast. He has the best save percentage among NHL goalies with that, uh, shot from the slot. So that's, that's your, that's where teams make their money, right? That's where players make their money scoring goals in the, those areas. So it's good to see that that trend does continue. Cause that's against the Bruins, especially they like those chances. I mean, they also like to score a lot from, you know, long range shots too. But I think that's that's a good trend up. This was a, you know, we talk about the home road situation. This is probably the hardest rank to play in in the NHL, I think. I don't know that many other that are tougher than uh, TD Garden. So no, I, I spoke with Frank Corrado about that literally today. And he was saying, like, that's a hostile environment, a yeah. very hostile environment. Like, I, I yeah. hate watching Bruins home games for that reason. Like, uh, that it's the way that building was built. The crowd just, I mean, the crowd, it's a good crowd. I'm not going to lie. It's a good crowd. You know what but, just gets me, man? Like their goal song, it, it just brings back so many bad memories, dude. 
Like I literally, my, my PTSD, PTSD, man. Legitimately, dude. Like my stomach starts to turn as soon as I hear that goal horn and that goal song go. I'm like, oh God, not again. Not again. 20, 20, 2013. 2013 is all I have to think about with that damn goal song. 13, 17, 18, you know, pick one of those years. Obviously 13 was the big year, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a song that I do not like. I'll tell you that much. I definitely do not enjoy it. All right, buddy. We'll take a quick break. When we get back, let's continue to uh, talk about this game. We'll get to our three stars of the night. And uh, it's official. The Leafs have landed home ice. The Tampa Bay Lightning losing regulation tonight with Toronto picking up one point. They get home ice advantage in round one. Um, We'll go through. I've got a three-pack of reasons for why I think home ice is a big deal. For some reason. People still out there thinking it's not. Well, I've got some reasons as to why it is. Uh, So we will get to all that in a little bit. But first, Dave, have a word from one of our show sponsors. Today is today's show is brought to you by Indeed. If you're looking to build your team, you need all the tools to get it done properly. And if you're building out your talented roster, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job descriptions the moment they sponsor a job. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to Indeed data. With Indeed, matching as soon as you sponsor posts, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Boom. It's like hiring at warp speed. Indeed does the hard work for you. Sponsor job, and they'll match you with quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fit your job description right when you post. With Indeed, you can start hiring fast. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire Great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. So that is Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application price and not available for everyone. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We're reacting to the Maple Leafs. Uh, kind of give it away game at the end there a little bit. Uh, and they lose in overtime 2-1. to one. David Pasternak had the OT winner um, on the power play. Uh, but nonetheless, they pick up a point and end up establishing home ice advantage on the night. We'll get to uh, what I think are big-time advantages for having home ice in uh, in a moment but first dave let's go through our three stars of tonight's game who you got as your third star tonight uh third star well this was a tough one to kind of figure out but i'm gonna give it to austin matthews all right i thought he, he looked pretty good especially late in the third when the leaves are trying you know the bruins tight austin matthew comes out and he's just a force in in the offensive zone i you know i think Seeing him when he when he picks up speed, like just watch out. There's not many players that can stop him, and Charlie Coral literally has to hug him in order to stop <laughs> momentum with Austin Matthews. I know he didn't factor into any goals tonight, but you know he went up against Bergeron. I thought he did quite well, 
given that and just like just like what I see from him. Yeah, I'm giving mine to, to TJ Brody. Like, just flat out TJ Brody, man. The guy played 25 minutes and 42 seconds tonight, registered four block shots, and when he was out there on the ice, like, a lot of good things were happening, and he had the tough assignments, right? But when you're out there and you're playing against the, the top guys on the opposition and you have a better shot share despite – you know, having only, you know, having seven defensive zone starts, basically 50-50 um, defensive and offensive zone starts. I mean, it's just uh, remarkable, and it's a good thing to have. 60% expected goal share at five-on-five. Five. And, again, that's with him playing against the best opposition on the best team in the NHL and what could turn out to be the best team of all time, according to uh, the record books at the very least. So, you know, I got to give some love to, to TJ Brody, man. Does it time and time again? He's Mr. Reliable. So uh, let's give him some love with a third star. Your second star, Dave. Well, I was going to give it to the McKay Brody pairing. There you go. Ah, <laughs> stole your thunder a little bit, huh? <laughs> just, 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 just a little bit there. You know, as a shutdown pairing, a pairing that's supposed to play a lot of the time defensively and spend a lot of time in their own zone. And, you know, the, the if you look at the shot share with them, you know, on the ice, they were obviously a a plus in that regard. They didn't. That's what I like about this line. Like they're not going to spend a lot of time just sitting around in their own zone, like a traditional shutdown pairing. And this pairing is is going to be crucial in the playoffs. Like that's that's the one you're going to put out against any team's heavyweights. And you saw it tonight. I don't like David Pasternak. They were saying he was dealing with the stomach virus. But that's still a very dangerous trio of him, Marshawn, and Bergeron, and and all those guys. And I thought that, as you said, that pairing did exactly what they need to. Like, no one really played as much five-on-five as they did. TJ Brody obviously leading the way. And it's good to see if they can handle that assignment. Now it's a matter of, you know, the other guys sort of stepping up a little bit there. And so we don't have to rely too much on the two of them to take on the burden. But... Right now, that's their job, and they're gonna they're handling it quite well. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, you, you got to give a little bit of tip. Of the, I mean, they, they actually, I thought the defense as a whole played pretty well tonight. Even, even I know I'm gonna say it, Lord Baltimore, Justin Hall. Dare I say it? Had a good <laughs> night. Like him, him and Giordano. Like if you're looking at the underlying numbers, um, while they were out, they only gave up three shots all game. Three shots on net when they expected goals against of point zero five, point zero five, Dave. That's my second star of the night. Is <laughs> is the pairing of Giordano and uh, and Justin Hall? I thought they were actually fantastic. You even look at the scoring chances. They gave up one scoring chance all night. One scoring chance as a duo out there playing uh, playing some pretty you know difficult minutes. So I, I thought that Justin Hall, and Mark Giordano on the road, nonetheless in that building, um, I thought they were excellent. It was unfortunate that Justin Hall. You know, happened to be on the ice at the end of the game there when Pasternak scored the overtime winner. But he did also have, you know, a shot block and, and ended up, um, you know, clearing the zone at one point on that one. How many shots, uh, how many hits did he end up with? I think he ended up with like three hits. Yeah, three hits, three blocks on the night. Giordano ended up playing 18 minutes tonight. So uh, I thought those two were, were a pretty good pairing as well. Yeah, I said that, you know, I want to see how that pairing was going to do against the Bruins versus, you know, Columbus. Let's see who their uh, most often opposition was. Keep talking. I'll find yeah. Out. I, I like seeing them play like that, you know, 
that I, look at this point, you can have your opinions about Justin Hall and whether he should play, you know. But I, I think that his his style of play right now gravitates more towards the Lightning and Bruins style play, the big, heavy. Like there was one point on the penalty kill um, where he was about to take a hit, and you know, we he we've always criticized him for being unable to clear the zone. He clears his zone just as he gets pretty much knocked right into the boards. That's what he has to do. He has to get that puck out. He can't be the one stuck in his own zone. And he that's if he can continue to do that, you're you know, keep yourself from those extended shifts in your own end, and good things are gonna happen. You know, it's, it hasn't been perfect, but it's been pretty good uh the last little while. So I'll give Justin Hall uh credit there. The player Justin Hall played against most tonight, Brad Marchand. So, yeah, it's a pretty good player. Pretty good player, and he shut him down. Shut him down. Um, all right, who is uh, who's your number one guy? Who's your number one star? Uh, Sam. It, well, we called it the Sam Lafferty game, so it's got to go to Sammy Lafferty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just you can go Sam Lafferty or Samsonov, like both of them. It was the Sam game. Ooh, the Sammies. See, first star goes to the Sammies. Um, I, yeah, I think uh, you know you see Lafferty like that play by Zach Aston Reese, unbelievable. Just yeah. what a heads up play. Like that's the play you make when you're a fourth liner. You, it's not going to. I mean, it was prettier than I expect from a fourth line. But it's it's okay. not like a solo effort trying to score, you know. You don't think he got a very favorable bounce? I mean, sure. when he dumped it into the opposite corner, I don't think he was intending on having it bounce off the boards and perfectly to Zach Aston Reese. Like, like that was a really fortunate bounce for him. But to his credit, to your point, you know, he went straight to the net, like realizing, oh, there's a favorable bounce. I'm going to go to the net and. You know, um, Zach Aston respots him. Little backdoor tap in, um, probably the easiest goal of Lafferty's career. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what uh, what the goalie was doing there, but nonetheless, um, yeah, that was a, that was a really heads up smart play to pick off. You know, the pot, the pass, the neutral zone, flip it in, and then go right to the net. Um, the the fight in the opening period as well. You know, it's just the type of jam you want to see from a guy like Sam Lafferty. You know, like that's that's exactly what he was brought in here to do. Give you a little bit of an edge, you know, a guy who can kill penalties, but someone who can also be hard on the forecheck. And he had what, 10, 11 goals before coming here. I think he's got a couple now um, as a Maple Leaf. Like he was expected to also give you, you know, some secondary tertiary scoring. And he saw that happen tonight. So uh, for sure, Sam Lafferty, best game as a Maple Leaf by far, I think was tonight. And uh, we also do got to give some love to, to Samsonov. Um, because, you know, as we mentioned prior, uh, the road starts have not been, they haven't been good coming into tonight's game. Ilya Samsonov on the road had a 900 save percentage with a 301 goals against average, 900 and a 301 goals against average. And the only reason why it's at 900 is because he literally got a shutout in his last home start. He's been sub 900 all season long. And, uh, tonight. 194 goals against a 939 save percentage. Stopped 31 of 33 shots in Boston. So um, really, really good performance from him. So they can both share the number one star honors. It's uh, the Sams will get the first star. 
Uh, all right, Dave, let's take one more quick break. When we get back, let's uh, dig into what home ice means for the Maple Leafs. Because still not sure why people are, uh, aren't aren't excited about it or kind of s- just scoffing at it. Well, I've got a couple of key stats that I think matter and why you should care that the Leafs now officially have home ice for round one of the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll uncover those stats on the other side. But first, let me tell you guys about one of our favorite show sponsors, and it's FanDuel. The NHL playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book because new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet anything from the money line to goal scorers. You can bet shot props, whatever you want. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DiStefano. I've got Dave Morissuti with me. You're listening to the Locked On Lease podcast. Um, Dave, home ice advantage has been locked up for round one of the playoffs. So the Leafs picked yeah. one singular point tonight, and it was all they needed because the Tampa Bay Lightning got absolutely dummied by the New York Islanders. couple of big injuries to Tampa in this game as well. Um, Pat Maroon took a skate to the midsection. Uh, not sure on, on how severe that injury was. But one that did not look good at all is Tanner Janot. Uh, he had a weird fall um, playing uh, against the Islanders. I think he ca- kind of got caught up. Was it Bo Horvat? I think it was. Um, fell back, and, and it looks not great. Kind of bent his knee in half, basically. Um, I don't know if you had the video, if we want to show it. Uh, Do you really want to show it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I'm talking about it. So it's just for those people watching on YouTube, you might get the visual if they missed exactly what uh, what happened. Either way, not a good-looking play. And uh, I, I, I'm no doctor, but I would expect he is going to miss some time. Uh, he was helped off the ice. Uh, here it is for those on YouTube watching it now. Uh, Scott Mayfield, actually. Watch his right leg here. Just oh, get caught underneath his body and just completely um, bends that knee, probably getting extended, hyperextended. Just oh, not a good look. Yeah, we could take that off now. Twice, two looks at that's probably enough uh, for for the stomach there. Um, and it, it really does. You got to be thankful that the Leafs. Uh, yeah, sure, they lost tonight's game, but they didn't lose any players. Um, they they got away pretty pretty unscathed in terms of health scares you can't say the same around the league yeah john cooper after the game was asked about his level of concern with tonight's injuries yeah hi not so much about maroon but for sure Jano. that's a little worrisome that one was tough uh anthony sorelli is day-to-day he didn't play either we know how how impactful anthony sorelli can be in a seven game series against the toronto maple Leafs. he's uh he put that on full display last year um, so he was out and there was one more player also a defenseman, I believe, uh, Chernak, I think, um, was out tonight as well. And, and so there's a, 
and injuries, man, not good for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but the Toronto Maple Leafs did clinch home ice advantage. Uh, I, and, and, dude, like, I, I really don't understand why people look at it and roll their eyes and say, who cares? It means diddly squat. Like, I understand that Toronto had home ice advantage last year against Tampa Bay Lightning, and they didn't they didn't succeed with it. Like, I, I get that, but it's that's one one time, right? I also really don't like when people say, yeah, they had home ice also in Columbus, in, in the Columbus series, and they had home ice advantage in the Montreal series. I don't know if you remember, but the Columbus series was in a bubble where there were zero people in the stands. I'm not sure how much of an advantage that really was. And the same exact thing happened in Montreal until game five, where I believe it was, what, 500 first responders were able to, uh, to or frontline workers were able to go in there. It was, it, you probably still could hear a pin dropper. Like, so home ice wasn't really a factor in, in the Columbus series or in Montreal. Um, plus, you know, they didn't, in the Columbus series especially, they're all, all of them were in like dorm rooms. So it's not like you got to, to be in your bed. Like most people would be on a home, you know, like that's part of having home ice is being at home, sleeping in your bed, having your routine. That is part of the advantage of being home ice. So that was totally neglected in Columbus and similar things in, in Montreal last year. Sure. But it was a literally a coin flip series and going into this season, Things are way different, man. We just talked about the injuries, which are are one thing. If there's if these injuries are are going to linger into the postseason, like Tampa is in trouble. But I'll give you three reasons why, Dave. I believe getting home ice advantage for the Maple Leafs is a big deal and extremely beneficial. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, Ilya Samsonov at home is an absolute god. He is this a beast. He channels his inner Cujo, and he is terrific when he is at home. His home road splits this season. I already told you, 900 save percentage on the road, 301 goals against. That'll probably change, actually. That was going into tonight. Yeah. Those will probably uh, – he'll probably dip below three. But anyways, um, at home, though, 926 save percentage and a 202 Goals against, he's 18-3-3. record this year at Scotiabank Arena. That, my friends, is definitely a clear advantage. This guy has come out and publicly said that he's more comfortable playing at home than on the road. So having potentially that deciding game seven at home with that guy between the pipes, that is a bonus for him. That is one thing, just one thing that I thought of uh, for why it's a big deal. Any response, Dave? I mean, the, we we knew all about the home road splits and that idea of it. Like, if you look at um, at uh, Andre Vasilevsky, he's been really good at home, and then he's been okay on the road. Like, he hasn't been terrible on the road, but he hasn't been the same goalie as he has been at home. And I I, I just think that with the goal with goalies, you know. Their starter routine, like their routines are everything. Samsonov's routine is very uh or you know, it's not you know, it's 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 weird. Goalies are weird, right? And and this is just another one of those examples where goalies are weird because you know, 
I don't know if it was the same case in Washington. I probably uh, um, something I maybe I'll look, look into go throughout his career in Washington. But yeah, you take every advantage to make your team as comfortable as possible, and if that means ensuring you have home ice for your goaltender who has been elite and like we don't I don't throw the word elite around very often especially when it comes to goaltenders because there haven't been many elite goaltenders. No. Elias Samsonov has been elite at home this season. Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up Andre Vasilevsky's uh, home road splits as a goaltender. Um yeah, how about you look at the team's home road splits and that's that's my second reason for why home ice is a big deal. Go look at what Tampa Bay has done at home this year and what they've done on the road. I'm pretty sure you would rather them have one less road game uh, or one less home game and one more road game potentially. Their record this season at home, 27-7-5. Terrific record. It's a better home record than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's pretty scary that Toronto would have to go in there and play three games. Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't want them to have to play a deciding game seven there. But when they're away from Amelie Arena, Dave, the Tampa Bay Lightning are a sub-500 team, 18-21-1 this year on the road. Um, that's not great if you're Tampa Bay, and certainly a concern for, uh, for, for John Cooper and company now that you do not have home ice advantage. And you brought up uh, Andre Vasilevsky. Okay, well, what are his numbers on the road? Um, at home, 920 save percentage and a 252 goals against on the road. Dips, 913 save percentage, which actually isn't bad. The 272 goals against average, and he's a 500 goalie on the road compared to a 27-4 and record at uh, at home. So he clearly plays better when he's at home as well. Um, but the team as a whole just really struggling this year, sub-500 away from Amelie Arena. And I actually have a theory as to why that is, Dave. And this is, again, a thing that plays into the benefit of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That team is not nearly as deep as they once were. Not nearly as deep. Up front, the blue line, right? You lose Palat, you lose um, Ryan McDonough. Those are two massive, massive pieces yeah. that they lost this offseason and just haven't been able to replace. You know, I don't, Sergeyev, as good as he is, not, he doesn't bring what Ryan McDonough brought, right? So it, for me, when they're going out on the road and they don't have that depth, I feel like the opposition with last change, it's easier to take advantage of the Tampa Bay Lightning because you no longer have three defensive pairings that have either Hedman, McDonough, or Sergachev. You don't have those guys, right? Now it's just Hedman, whose game has actually fallen off this year a little bit. Still a very good defenseman, but not not the best defenseman in the world like he's been the last few years. And now Sergachev has been thrust into a bigger role, and he's been okay but he hasn't been the defensive defenseman, the shutdown guy that Ryan McDonough has been the last few seasons. And I think teams now, and especially Toronto, when you look at how deep that club is, especially in the top six, when they have two lines that can score, whether it's the Marner-Tavares um, line now, or you got Matthews with whoever he wants to be with, well, you're only going to put Hedman on one of those guys. And then the other line doesn't have to worry about a McDonough, right? And, and I think that's been the problem all year with Tampa is they haven't had the reliable defender defending that they've had in the past. So on the road, that really gets exposed. So when you have to bring them in, um, when they have to go on the road, they have to come to Scotiabank Arena, I think that uh, Sheldon Keefe should be able to exploit that with a deep lineup as well. Um, Comments on that one? 
Well, I, I've I've been saying that you know people say the Tampa Bay Lions are such a scary team. Yes, they are a good team, but I'm nowhere concerned with the Tampa Bay Lightning this year as opposed to last year. I just think that that blue line is nowhere close to what it's been in the past. Like, you know, guys, you know, guys like Zach Bogosian, Hayden Flurry, uh, I'm like. Uh, there's Nick's. Uh, what's his last name? He's not someone that I'm worried about going up one on one against or going up in the against. It's it's always been Hedman, Sergachev. You can maybe Eric Chernak because he's a bit a bit of a bigger body defenseman. Other than that, like who else on the Tampa Bay Lightning's blue line? Can you say, oh no, you got to watch out for this guy. He could be a, he can be a real doozy to go up against. It's not yeah. the same. No, Ian Cole don't scare me the way that McDonough did. Even like Jan Ruta was uh was he was yeah. he was Stam- or he was Hedman's partner the last couple of seasons. He was he's gone, right? He left the Philip Myers experiment didn't really work out the way they expected it to. Basically, they they lost two of their top four defensemen. Of their, they lost a a top pair guy in Jan Ruta who's playing on their top pair. Whether you want to, you know, say he's a top pair guy or not, whatever that's semantics. But they lost a guy who played on their top pair and a guy who anchored their second pair, and they did not replace those guys. They tried to fill from within, and it just has not quite worked out to where they thought. And now they're a weaker defensive team. The metrics show it. And the stats show it. And I think when you look at a road record that's as poor as that, that is another indicator that you can be exploited by having a weaker defense than you did a year prior. And I'll say this: look, they still have a they still have Kutra, Point, Stankos, Hagel. Like, they have a like a touch a such a tough. Hagel was the other guy actually who uh, who did who didn't play and was injured. Actually, Hagel is yeah. dealing with something day to day. So. You want to know what I, I, I hate bringing up plus minus, but I do it in this case because Steven Stamkos, who has 80 points this season, mm. is a minus three. You know, Braden Point, plus five. Nikita Kucherov, 107 points. He's a plus three. Well, Even their big, their, like, their big boys, I'll say this. John Cooper's been hard on them, right? He's benched. Kucherov, Point, and Stamkos at times this season. He has called out this team's effort because guess what? The blue line isn't that good. So if your forwards are not providing that defensive responsible play, like we've seen them do in the past, your team is not good, is going to suffer because of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're getting what there's like. I don't think they're getting enough like in terms of the they're getting the offense from those guys. I don't know if they're going to get the same commitment on defense from those guys. Like the the stats do show it a little bit. Well, and here comes the, like one year older. First of all, one year older for all those guys, and they're mm-hmm. all on the wrong side of thirty, if I'm not mistaken. Is Kutrov thirty yet? He is twenty nine. Okay, so outside of Kutrov, who's twenty nine, so almost at thirty, Stamkos, Hedman. On the wrong side of thirty points, still relatively young. Yes, but those other guys, Kalorn, Kalorn's getting up there in age as well. I think he's thirty years old now. You know, Nick, go you know, Corey Perry, thirty-seven. Corey, yep, Corey Perry. Pat he's a Perry. minus twenty-six. Yeah, Corey, Perry. Corey Perry's not. He, he's like 
he's not really that intimidating to me. It's, no. like, look at the fourth line that Toronto has put together. Like, look at the way they play tonight. That would they would feast that fourth line of of uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, feast the speed on, alone. The speed, but they also have the size to also withstand like the pushback that that Tampa had in the past. You know, like last year when they're they're pushing on guys, right? They're pushing on the Leafs' fourth line, and they didn't really have an answer for it. Well, this year they do, and those guys are not only strong enough to withstand it, but they're fast enough to skate laps around them, get the puck, and, and move it up the ice, and then also have a little bit of scoring touch to provide a you know maybe a couple of goals within a series. And next thing you like that, that's all this team needed last year was just a couple of extra goals. And this thing was uh, this thing was over, and, and Toronto would have moved on to the second round. They didn't really get that from their depth from their fourth line, but they could get that from these guys. And if they're you know in a matchup against Corey Perry, Pat Maroon, and Perry Ward Belmar, I like the chances of Camp, Zach Asmaris, and Lafferty over that trio right there. Yeah, yeah. I do. And he, and they've certainly owned the earned the confidence of uh, Sheldon Keith. That's for sure. Yeah, which you know brings me to my last point, which we've kind of talked about a little bit, but like the biggest reason for home ice, like yes, you, you have your fans there, and 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 obviously the fans can um, can spark your team, right? It can bring some emotion out, and it really can do something. But the biggest advantage of being of having home ice, I, I feel like sometimes people actually forget about what the biggest advantage is. You get last change. There is a strategic advantage to having home ice. And it's to have last change so that you can dictate who you want to match up against, whether you have an offensive zone faceoff and you want to send over, you know, uh, an offensive juggernaut lineup, like a situationally, that's an opportunity where you can, you know, if throughout the game you have O'Reilly as your third line center, but you got a late situational, you know, late second period, you, you need a goal and there's 40 seconds left, let's say, in the period. Well, guess what? Now you're tossing out Marner, Tavares, and Ryan O'Reilly because you have that last change. You're in the offensive end, and all you need to do is make sure you win that draw, and boom, Bob's your uncle. You definitely have uh, have the advantage there, and you could score. But also, you can you can hide your bottom pair defending defensemen mm-hmm. uh, a lot easier that way as well, right? Like if they send out if they send out um, you know the Stamkos line. Well, clearly you're not gonna throw out Morgan Riley <laughs> if Stanley hits the ice. You know what I mean? Like you're you're just not gonna put out Riley Shen. You're gonna put out McKay Brody. But if you're on the road, you have to gamble and guess. You say, okay, let's let's put Riley and, and Shen out there in a neutral zone draw. And if you're on the road, then what happens? The opposition sees that. John Cooper says, uh, point, Cooch, Stammer, get out there. Right? Like that's that's the the biggest advantage, like literal matchup advantage, to having a home ice is last change, and uh, it, it it can definitely matter. It can certainly matter. It, no, it certainly can, and this is like I I also think the crowd is going to play a bit of a factor too. Like, yep, yep. it's an honorable mention the crowd. Although, I, it, I, <laughs> look, look, I understand people have a thought about Scotiabank Arena. I've been in there for a playoff game. Dude, I was there for game one last year. Very, very good crowd. Extremely loud. And when they killed off that opening five-minute penalty kill, that was the crowd that, that that really, really allowed them to kill that off. And I remember Sheldon Keith talking about that. Um, 
So Scotiabank and, and Leafs Nation, they can be a good crowd when they want to. And I think when the playoffs roll around, they understand that they can play a role in that regard. And 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 they will factor in. I, I do truly believe that. A random Tuesday game, like that game that I was at against Columbus, and the crowd didn't factor in much, I'll be honest with you. There was a lot of empty seats. I didn't hear a whole lot of go leaves go chance. But come game one, you better believe there won't be an empty seat. There'll be a bunch of rally towels, and there'll be plenty go leaves go chances uh, chance, and uh, that'll spark the boys hopefully to uh, get off to a good start. Yeah, exactly. That that's the benefit of having the home ice. It didn't work for them in Game Seven, unfortunately. I feel like in Game Seven, it was also a lot of nervous energy for well, good reason. It's like uh, the the. The ultimate equalizer, like I, we could say all this, but the ultimate equalizer is Andre Vasilevsky, right? And that's yeah. where that's all that happened in Game Seven. Toronto, by all metrics, were the better team in that game. It's just Andre Vasilevsky, and that'll always be the kind of thing that's in the back of your mind. Like you could have every advantage, every single advantage, right? Better power play, better penalty kill, better forward group, better defenseman. It's the goaltending and the the way that that guy can just stand on his head and steal games no matter what that will always kind of scare you when you're going up against him in a in a playoff series. But I mean, everything else is pointing toward advantage Leafs. Everything yeah. else, exactly. And and you give yourself like, don't, like let's let's be honest here. If Tampa had clinched home ice. It would be doomsday, like talk, um, you know, in this scenario. But I just, yeah, I think people need to realize just how big of a deal this is. Like in the Discord, Discord, there's a couple people fired up about home ice. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like, there, I'm not saying that. Like, there, there's, it's probably a very small minority that uh, that is being pessimistic about home ice advantage, but you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So it's, you know, I feel like I have to talk to them specifically and kind of talk some sense into them and say, listen, these are the benefits of home ice. And if you don't think that that matters, then I don't know what to tell you. But, you know, these statistics are real. I think they mean something. And I think they could, you know, literally have tangible results down the road. Um, But again, we will see. None of this could come to fruition. And I could sit here and look look back on the tape, and uh, you know Samsonov gets blown up at home. You know Tampa ends up winning both games, games one and two at home uh, or on the road rather. And last change does not matter because they end up uh, you know winning all of the matchups anyways. Like all of this could not happen, of course, but just based on the numbers, based on what I've seen from both teams this year, you know this this is where I think the Leafs do have advantages i really no. think they do no for sure all right buddy let's go to bed yeah long, long day for us um oh it's uh easter weekend though you got some easter weekend plans buddy you got uh Ooh, geez, you got dinner fish fry you got you do fish fry today no meat pal no meat on friday oh we got the fish ready yeah we 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 also have it ready. Well, we ordered it, but it's it's going to be ready, and it'll be uh, it'll be consumed. And then we had a big dinner, Easter dinner on Sunday, Easter ham, lunch for me, ham and turkey, lamb on the barbecue. No, 
buddy, that is unreal. Picked it up from the butcher myself. If you you're like, if you're if you're in the Toronto area and are closer to Tobago, Potenza Meats, they got the stuff there. You cooking it? Is that you? Do you? Cook oh yeah, I'm cooking it. Nice, nice. Well, we need picks in the uh, we need picks in the chat, picks That's in the Discord cool. chat room. All right, all right, pal. Good stuff. Uh, enjoy your uh, lunch. I hope it is fantastic. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy uh, the holidays for everybody. We'll be back on uh, on Monday. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts and all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. Go ahead. Leave a like on this uh, on this video. Leave a comment down below as well. If you're listening on YouTube, we really, really appreciate it. Your thoughts. Do you think it matters? Does home ice advantage matter? Did I change your mind? Let me know down below. Uh, we'll be back with another episode for y'all on Monday. Until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leaves.